Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. All right. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I'm excited for what God is doing in our midst. Hey, we are in a, a series. Actually, before we do that, I want to recognize our graduates, high school and college graduates. I know we had a bunch of college graduates this last weekend. Um, any high school graduates, would you stand if you have just graduated or you're about to graduate? Awesome. Stay standing just for a second. I want to pray a blessing over you. Um, and for some of you, it's kind of sad for us because you may be moving on into the next season, which may not be here. Um, but we're so excited for what God is doing in you. And so, Lord, I just thank you. If you're standing next to them, just put a hand on them. Or Yeah, we're just going to bless them. Lord, I thank you for uh, these students who have worked hard and put uh, their best into uh, the season of life that they've been in. And Lord, I pray now that as they make a transition, whether it's into more school or into the workplace, Lord, that your grace would uh, just abound in their lives. Equip them with everything that they need. Lord, I thank you for uh, grace for the, the new season ahead. And Lord, I thank you for divine connections and the right places and the right people to surround them as they step into your call on their life. Lord, if they're uh, unclear on what they're called to, Lord, our prayer is that you would make that very clear. And Lord, we thank you that your hand is on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, we're in a, a series called Better, and it's based on uh, the passage in John 16 where Jesus says that it is better for you that I go because if I don't go, then I can't send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. And here's the idea. Many of us would like to uh, live life with Jesus in the flesh, right? Like that would have been cool to be a part of walking around with Jesus, seeing him work miracles. But Jesus said that it's actually better for us that he goes into heaven and leaves us and sends us the Holy Spirit. So better than Jesus with us in the flesh is the Holy Spirit in us. That's a big deal. And I think for many of us, in fact, I would say for most of my life, I have not grasped the better. Like, I, I think there's actually an invitation for, from God to, to, to live into the better. And that means this, that there's probably more for you than you're aware of. That God probably has more for you. And there's a greater revelation of what walking with him and living life with him looks like than many of us live for. In fact, most of us, I would say, often settle for less than God's best for us. We often settle for playing it safe and doing what is simple, doing uh, what is easy, we fall into the trap of religion instead of walking with God. In fact, I would say for believers, probably the most important thing for you to know and to be aware of is what God is doing in the earth today. Oftentimes, we are very aware of what God is not doing. And we can begin to focus on what he's not doing instead of begin to recognize what he's up to. And when we begin to see what he's up to, then we start to realize that he is moving and he is at work in our midst. How many of you were here last Sunday? You remember about halfway through worship, I came up uh, with Garth, and he was wearing some really bright, colorful socks. Um, that's the comment I got from a few people, Garth. Um, 
And uh, I love like a seasoned businessman who comes up front in his socks and gives uh, words of knowledge, right? Like that's, that's pretty cool. So Garth came up, and, and this is what happens a lot of the time, is that we'll like take a detour from like church as usual, from singing songs. It's what Chris did this morning. He was paying attention to what God was doing in the room and partnered with it, right? And sometimes you don't get to hear the stories of what happens in those moments. But I think those stories are incredibly valuable. So Stevie, why don't you jump up here for a second and just share what happened at that moment. This is Stevie. She's awesome. Stevie, by the way, works with an incredible organization called Austin, Austin Angels, and they take care of foster families and just do so much good. She's also a new author, but that, we're not here for that. So just share about uh, last Sunday. Yeah. So last Sunday, when we were here, when Garth got on stage, he said he started feeling, I'm just going to recap for yep. people that weren't here. Okay. He said he started feeling like, uh, I think, burning or tingling or, I can't even really remember. Honestly, I was on my phone responding to somebody. And he said, but I feel like someone here has carpal tunnel in their left wrist. And as soon as, I didn't even let him finish his sentence. And I like raised my hand really quick. I was like, this is for me. Back in October, I developed carpal tunnel in my left wrist. I worked from a computer, so it wasn't a big surprise. But it was like excruciating. I always thought that carpal tunnel wasn't that big of a deal, but no, it was so painful, so bad. My wrist would like get locked constantly, like I couldn't even do this. I went from lifting weights five times a week to not being able to even lift like a book, not even kidding, without it hurting. Couldn't make the bed, nothing. And I've been sleeping with a brace and just all these crazy things. Go to the doctor, they can't really do anything. They're like, stretch it, we don't know what to tell you. And so I like raised my hand and so stood up and got prayed for a couple of people came around. And after they were done praying, of course I started like, kind of testing it, so it was like super, super tight. I couldn't really, like I said, couldn't do a whole lot, and I was like, okay, it's not better, maybe like 60%, but pray again, like I want you to pray again. And I had been at, like praying since October. Joel had prayed for it before. Yep. For all of the ministry team, I probably got them to pray for it all once, because I was like, I know God is gonna heal me, and maybe today's the day. Okay, no, maybe t- tomorrow's the day. And so um, I was like, okay, pray again, it got a little bit better. So they prayed again really quick, and then I used the seat to kind of test it and started stretching it, and I was like, oh my God, it's better. And so like, I can do literally everything. Like, I used to not be able to sleep. Like, it's, it's great. So yeah, so God healed my carpal tunnel last Sunday. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Thank you, Stevie. Yep. So the question is, why, why does that matter? Why is it worth taking a, f- a few minutes to share on that? Well, here's a couple of reasons why it matters. One, God is real and he's in our midst, right? Like, th- that's significant that somebody would walk in and, and say, okay, my hand's burning. I know that God's doing something. And by the way, that's available to you to have that kind of insight, right? Now, it's, it's not something that all the time just hits you. In fact, often it's cultivated. Garth, you've cultivated that, paying attention to what God's doing. I've been in the room before with people. In fact, years ago we took this team to Greece and we were doing uh, some missions work in North Africa, sharing the gospel with people. And our team had started practicing hearing from God. And one of the things that we realized is that God often speaks, but he doesn't often speak audibly. Like sometimes it's audible, sometimes you just know. In fact, many of you know the voice of God, but you don't know that you know the voice of God. You have thoughts that are inspired by God, and you don't realize that God's actually speaking to you. 
And then, and then some of you are, you're feelers, and so you feel what God's doing, but you don't hear words to it, and so it's often hard to know, oh, this is what God's doing. That's what Garth, Garth was, was feeling what God's doing. He had a, a, what's called a word of knowledge, which means this, that he had intimate understanding, that's what that word knowledge means, intimate understanding of what God was doing in the moment, okay? And he had that through feeling. Some of you see in the Spirit, there are some here uh, that when you like walk into a room, you can sometimes even see with your natural eyes demons and angels and all of that stuff, right? And so anyways, we were in Greece and we were practicing hearing from God and, and a few people on our team ha- had realized, hey, I, God often speaks to me like I get pain in what he's doing. So we, we walk onto this little, we called it the coffee cruise, and I was with this young guy, 19-year-old, learning to walk with God. I think he'd been a believer for about 18 months. He's, he was a rookie, right? And we walk onto this boat, and we're looking. We're like, we feel like God led us here. We don't know why we're here. And there was this guy, and he said, I think we need to talk to this guy. So I'm like, okay, we'll go talk to that guy. And then he started, the guy with me, started feeling pain in his shoulder. He's like, hmm. He's like, and so he asked the guy, hey, do you have pain in your shoulder? And the guy's like, yes, how in the world did you know that? And we prayed for the guy, and immediately that pain lifted off of him. It's the guy that's been 18 months, and he's just started feeling. So, so that's going on on our team. We're learning to hear from God. And, and then this, this older Greek guy named uh, Nico, we're, we're gathered with some of the local church there, and he's, he's like, I've got pain in my back. I've got pain in my back. And so he goes around, there's probably 25 of us in this apartment. He's like, does anybody have pain in your back? I have pain in my back. I have pain in my back. Anybody have pain in your back? And uh, everybody's like, no, no, no. And finally I was like, Nico, I think that's actually your pain. (laughs) So we prayed for him and he was healed on the spot. So the the interesting thing is, is that God often, he speaks to us because he wants us to be aware of what he's doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. The reality is, is that when you're born again, you become awake to all that God is and all that he has. And yet, it's something that we cultivate. And it's crucial that we learn what it looks like to do what God's up to. Because you can focus on what he's not doing and miss him, or you can join him on what he's up to. And here's why it matters. It, it, it matters not only so that we can have some excitement in our church services or in our small groups. The reality is this morning is about equipping you, okay? And, and, and your community group or your group of friends, that's like a place where you begin to learn to practice hearing God, where if you miss it, it doesn't really matter at all, right? And so it's a great place not just to get head knowledge but to learn what God's up to. And then you just begin to practice it because it begins to reveal the love of God. And that's the point. The point isn't how do we do some cool Holy Spirit tricks and impress people or even try to convince them with power. In fact, what you'll find in scripture is that Jesus never used the supernatural to convince people. He always used it to love people. In fact, when people were demanding a sign, He said, I'm not gonna give you anything but the sign of Jonah, which is the resurrection. He's like, I'm not here to try to impress you or move you. I'm here, I I use what I have to love you. 
That's why 1 Corinthians 12, which is what we're digging into this morning, you can go ahead and go there. 1 Corinthians 12 is followed by 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter. And it goes on in 13 to say, hey, it doesn't matter if you can do all this stuff. If you have not love, you're just a bunch of noise. Have you ever been around somebody that's a bunch of noise? Have you ever been a bunch of noise? I've been a bunch of noise before. (laughs) And so it's crucial that you learn what God's up to because it's actually the most important thing in the world. If we don't learn how to be people who are in on what God's doing, then we will just be religious and useless to the world. So go with me to 1 Corinthians 12. And we'll kick it off in verse one. And I have to, we're gonna change the language on this, this first verse. It says, now about, in my translation, NIV, it says, now about, spirit, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's not actually what it says. What it actually says is, now about the spiritual, I don't want you to be unaware. Or I don't want you to be ignorant. And so Paul's saying, hey, don't be ignorant about the spiritual. Here's why that matters. Because it's not simply about spiritual gifts, it's about the ways of the spirit. Does that make sense? Like, and here's, here's the problem that the church has, has had with the idea of spiritual gifts. We talked a few weeks ago about some mindsets that we have, like maybe that's just a thing for the past or maybe it's special circumstances. But, but the problem that we have is that we're all thinking like orphans a lot of the time and we're trying to figure out what is my one gift and how can I just run with that? As if God isn't generous and a good father. So you're like, oh, My gift is prophecy or my gift is healing and so now that's all I'm going to do is just prophesy or heal and I'm looking for like an orphan. I I want my one hand out instead of realize that God's inviting me into the ways of the spirit. Are you with me? So so we're gonna read a list of, in in a few minutes, a list of nine spiritual gifts And, and those are actually gifts of the Holy Spirit and I would say that I've probably experienced eight of those. Why? Not, it's because it's not about a singular gift that I have, it's about exploring the ways of the Spirit. In fact, this chapter ends, 1 Corinthians 12 ends by saying this. Now eagerly, and that word in the Greek is an automatopoeia. That's the biggest word I know, automatopoeia. And it it means this, it means that it sounds like what it means. So in the Greek, it's the word zihu, and it's supposed to sound, that word's supposed to sound like a kettle that is steaming. And so what it's saying is go all in, like be like in hot pursuit of, of spiritual gifts. So here's what that means, that I don't say, oh, I got what I got, and that's all I got. Or like we would tell our kids, get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And a lot of the times we pursue God that way. Instead of realizing that all of scripture is an invitation to discover more of God. And and when we begin to understand the ways of the spirit, we begin to realize that there's more for us. And it's not vain to go after the more. It's not vain to say, hey God, I'd, I'd like that gift. 
It's okay. In fact, it honors him. Why? Because our pursuit of spiritual gifting is one facet of our pursuit of him. It's actually a way that we pursue life with him. So back to 1 Corinthians 12, 1. It says, about the spiritual, I don't want you to be ignorant. So he wants us to know what's going on in the spiritual realm. Here's what's interesting. One of the most understood passages in scripture is John 3. Why? Because when Jesus shows up, and he and Nicodemus are having a conversation, Nicodemus says, hey, when are we going to see the kingdom? Now Nicodemus has in mind this, that he's talking about a geopolitical kingdom. And and Jesus says this, he says, unless you're born again, you're not going to see the kingdom. Here's what he's not saying. He's not saying unless you die and go to heaven, you won't see the kingdom. And that's often what we've turned that passage into. Now, the idea of kingdom is God's rule and reign everywhere. And so what he's saying, what Jesus is saying, it's going to take spiritual eyes to see what I'm doing. Now, go on with me. If if you're in John 3, I just want to point this out to you. And then we'll get back to 1 Corinthians 12. So Jesus says, very truly I tell you, verse 3, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. He says, how do I be born again? And Jesus says in verse five, very truly, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to, to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Here's what that's saying. When you give your life to Jesus, your spirit comes alive in him. He says, you should not be surprised by saying you must be born again. Catch this, verse eight. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Here's what they're saying. When you're born of the Spirit, you're moved by the Spirit. It means that life, if you're bored with your spiritual life, it may be that you're doing religion and you're not alive or awake in the Spirit. Because when you become alive in him, what happens is, is he begins to move you in unpredictable ways that, that don't fit your schedule, that don't fit your comfort zone, but begin to move you into what he's doing in the world. Verse nine, it says, how can this be? Nicodemus is mind blown. Uh, verse 10, he says, you are Israel's teacher and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen, but, you, but still you people do not accept our testimony have, you, have I spoken to you of earthly things and, and now you do not believe? How will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? It says, no one has ever gone into to heaven except the one who came from heaven. Here's what the original language says, but they don't pick up in the NIV. It says, the one who has gone to heaven and is currently in heaven. Why does that matter? Because Jesus is saying that he's in two places at the same time which changes our understanding of heaven. You see, most of us have been taught with a Western perspective, not a Hebraic perspective on heaven. And so we're taught that heaven is the place we go to when we're dead, and though there is a place for us, 
that's not what Jesus is talking about here. This is not a, ma- a, a message that Jesus was teaching on how to go to heaven when you die. It was how to be awake to heaven here and now. And so what he's saying is, I currently exist in two realities. The idea, a Hebraic understanding of heaven was that heaven is the spiritual realm around us that is separated from our natural eyes by a thin veil. And so what Jesus is saying is, I'm inviting you to see in the spirit to understand what's going on. And so when Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, when he says, don't, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed or ignorant about the ways of the Spirit, what he's saying is, there's something going on around you that I want you to be aware of, that I want you to pay attention to, because when I move, when the Holy Spirit moves, there are things going on that if you can catch it, you'll come alive. So first, back to 1 Corinthians 12, it says, you know that when you were pagans somehow uh, or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is, hey, you, you lived in a pantheistic, pluralistic culture, and there were lots of people doing lots of spiritual things, and there's a bunch of spiritual stuff going on around you. And, and here's the thing, is that anything that is of the Spirit of God recognizes the Lordship of Jesus. The, the truth is, there's a lot of spiritual stuff going on around us that is not God or from God. And it's crucial that we begin to pay attention to it. In fact, let me give you an example. Some of you, you're, you're what I was talking about earlier, you're feelers, and you just feel things. So you walk into a room, and you are happy before you walk into the room. And then all of a sudden, you feel like this depressing weight. And if you're not aware, then you actually come under what's going on in the room. But if you are aware, then you realize that there is something spiritual happening, and that you actually may be the solution to the problem in the room. That you may be the one that actually brings transformation to the problem. And so you start to feel that weight and you're aware, whoa, God, I just realized something's different, different's going on. I want to pay attention to it. Then you just ask God, okay, God, what's going on? And it may be a key that you're just supposed to pray or God may point you to somebody that's, that's feeling maybe it's depression or suicidal thoughts. We've seen that several times. I was praying with a young guy just a couple weeks ago. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, wow, I feel what he's under. And so I just said, hey, man, are you, are you struggling with your thoughts? Like, are you feeling suicidal? Do you have some voices that are telling you, hey, you need to end your life? Now, let me say something. That's why this matters, right? Because it's a matter for people of life and death. Are you with me? And so we begin to pray, and I could see that stuff lifting off of him. And so it matters that we stay awake in the spirit. It matters that we're not uninformed. It matters that we cultivate our senses to what God is doing. He says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit that distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all, in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. What that means is that we're not in competition with each other. 
but that we're actually in partnership. And it says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Why? For the common good. The Greek word there is the idea of is the word phanerosis, and that word means this. It means the enlightening of God. The, the Latin word means, the, the, means this, basically. It's the dancing hand of God. And so what they're saying is that when, when we're gathered together, most of 1 Corinthians 12, is, or 1 Corinthians is a book about their gathering and what their gathering looks like. And so it says that when you're, when you're gathered together, sometimes the phanerosis, the, the light of God may land on somebody. And, and what God's doing is he's highlighting something in somebody to bring to everybody for the common good. Or, or if you use the Latin word for manifestation, it's the dancing hand of God. It's like we're, we're gathered together. This works, it, it's a bit complicated in a gathering this size, quite honestly. But when you're in, in a small group, like a community group, it's, it's incredible to see what God's doing. Because what you'll find is that the, the dancing hand of God goes and just highlights. This happened a couple weeks ago with Kenny in this room. It's like, it's time. And Kenny began to share his story of God's work in his life. And you could just feel people becoming inspired and understanding, whoa, God is really good and, and I haven't blown it so bad that he won't come through me and come to me. And so what happens is the dancing hand of God and then all of a sudden somebody gets highlighted and God's saying, hey, it's time to offer what you have. It's time to give what you have. Maybe it's a, a word of encouragement or maybe it's like Garth gave a couple weeks or last week. Maybe it's a, a word of knowledge. Maybe it's a prophetic word for somebody or for everybody. And so it's crucial that we begin to pay attention to what God is doing. And it's given for the common good. It's given for all of our good. Now let me give you just some like basic equipping instruction. There are times when we're in this room, in fact, Probably every Sunday, God's speaking to somebody, to lots of people. You ever just, you're in worship and it's like, well, you just feel God doing something in you, right? Now, sometimes that's for you, okay? Sometimes that's for another person, and God may even show you the other person that's for. Sometimes God's showing you what he's doing in the room, and your responsibility is to pray, in fact, this morning, that, that some of you saw me on my knees here. I wasn't praying a prayer of, of, of repentance. I was just asking God for breakthrough. I could just feel like the sleepiness. Could you feel that this morning? Just like a little bit. It was like, uh, like there was a lid on us. Did you feel that? And so I went forward, and I just began to pray and ask God to just break open whatever's going on. And I, I felt a shift, not simply because I prayed, but because God came, yeah. Right? And so it's paying attention, okay, am I supposed to pray in this situation? Or am I supposed to maybe, or are you supposed to get up and give a word of exhortation and say, hey, let's press in for more? Sometimes that's the right response. In fact, a lot of times you'll see Dana or Diane coming over, me going back and forth. You know what's going on? We're not, we're not telling jokes or gossiping. <laughs> we're just sensing what God's doing in the room and praying into it. And then there are other times, like you've seen this, I don't think, She's here this morning, but a few times Wendy's gotten up, or, or Shane, or Chuck, or some, some others of you have gotten up and given a word, and you just feel breakthrough. Here was one from earlier this year. It's back when Bill Vanderbush was with us, I think February 17th, something like that. Eliza, my 10-year-old, was sitting next to me, 
and you could just feel like God was doing something in the room. And so I just leaned over to her and said, hey, what's God doing in the room? She said, I feel like there's a brick wall and God is breaking through it. And so I, I got up, I said, hey, do you wanna give that word or me? She doesn't like to be in front of people. And so I got up and gave that word and you saw probably 40, 50 people come down and just experience breakthrough from God. 10 years old, right? So, so it's not always, hey, I got a word, I need to get up in front of everybody and share it. And in fact, sometimes you may have a word and it's for everybody and the right response is you come and talk to me about it and then I give the word just because that's the appropriate thing to do at that time. And sometimes I may say, hey, I think that's a word for you. It's not about rejection, it's just like, hey, or that's something that we pray into and it's important that we understand. But when we begin to offer that, what we find is this, that we're not just playing church but we're experiencing God. And something happens where we're all being built up for the common good. And and here's the key, one, is that God, we, we get to experience God moving in our midst, and he loves to move in our midst. The other is people get breakthrough like Stevie's wrist. Another thing that happens is that we're all learning together, right? Like, I, I think too often the church has been just into academic learning instead of experiential learning. And so we're just learning, okay, what does it look like to hear God's voice and respond? And this is a really safe place for you to do that. And so we begin to hear God's voice and respond so that when you're asking God for direction for your business or maybe you get to pray in your boardroom or maybe um, you're at the grocery store and you start feeling pain in your elbow and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Well, we've had some practice. You've been equipped in it. You're not what, what Paul was telling the church in Corinth to be. You're not ignorant, but now you're being built up and you're realizing, hey, I've got some gifts. In fact, Sterling uh, was just sharing with us. Is it okay if I share this real quick, Sterling? From, so, so Sterling uh, is in the Army Reserves, and so he was doing his time uh, a couple weeks back, and, and he could just sense what God was doing. Was it two or three people you led to Jesus? Two people he led to Jesus because at, in the Army Reserves because he was paying attention to what God was doing in the midst. And so... It's crucial, people's lives are hanging in the balance that we begin to pay attention to what God's doing. And here's the key. It says this word uh, right here. It says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit. We've talked about this word before in Ephesians 4, but when it says to each one, it's the word hecosto. Say hecosto. And it means to each and every one. Not just to some. Okay? To each and every one. It means that everybody gets to play. That means you're included. That means that when God shows up and he's moving, you're not left out. That's good news to me. I like that. It means he's not leaving me out. I don't have to perform for it. That's just what he's up to. Verse eight. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. Anybody need wisdom? So here, here's, let me give you just a, a brief definition of wisdom. Wisdom is divine insight that brings divine solutions. Okay, so, so it's, it's not a personal word about you. That's a word of knowledge. That word knowledge means intimacy. It's like God, that what Garth had was a word of knowledge through feeling. As a feeler, he could feel what God was doing, so he shared it. Now, a, a word of wisdom brings divine solutions. So I've got a business partner. Years ago, we were praying about, hey, should we buy this property or not buy this property? 
And so here's what I did. I said, hey, why don't we just ask God? So we asked God. We needed wisdom. And neither one of us got anything the first time. So we asked God again. And I, I said, hey, what'd you hear God say? Here's why I asked that. Because I was a little bit skeptical. It was my initiation, but I wanted him to hear it before I said it because I wanted him to not just parrot what I was saying. Not that he would. You couldn't convince him to do anything he didn't want to do. But we both got the exact same phrasing. It's a message of wisdom. Sometimes people are just bringing wisdom as God is moving in our midst. To another, a message of knowledge. That's what we were talking about, or a word of knowledge, by the same spirit. And here's why this is important to the church at Corinth. They lived in a polyistic, pluralistic society, and you could very easily begin to think that somebody has a spiritual gift by a certain deity or a certain God or a certain spirit. And for them to understand, actually, it's the same spirit working in all of us, so there's not some sort of spiritual war going on here. Instead, what God's doing is he's building something in our midst as we pay attention to him. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. How many of you have experienced physical healing? That's not all that this word is about healing, but physical healing from God. Wow, incredible. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, Uh, different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Here's a a crazy story. I don't think he's in here right now. Uh, Dupree was, our our kids are learning about the Holy Spirit down in kids' church, and Dupree's one of our our kids' workers. He's one of our kids' leaders. And so uh, he was sharing and asking about just being filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, I I don't know if I speak in tongues or not, but I keep having this phrase that runs through, through my mouth. So he shared that, and somebody said, well, that sounds like Japanese. And so Justin Ito, where's Justin? He just walked out with the baby. He was playing guitar over here. Justin actually speaks Japanese. He grew up in Japan. Japan. And so he told Justin what he was hearing, and he heard new leader, new city. He was actually speaking in tongues Japanese. Now, there's a few different things about tongues that you need to understand. Sometimes... With speaking in tongues, you're speaking what, what I would say is your prayer language, right? So it's, it's actually a spiritual tongue between you and God. 1 Corinthians 14, we'll cover that ne- this next week. It's about your edification. It's about you being built up. So if I'm having a bad day or got some bad news or whatever, don't know what to do, I pray in the Spirit. Sometimes I pray in the Spirit because the Spirit just like whacks me and it's the only thing I could do. It's like, it just comes out of me. Most of the time when I pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues, I'm choosing by my own will to partner with God. But what happens is, is that I, I, I feel it. It's like courage and understanding and wisdom. It's like the perfect prayer. Your spirit man is connecting with heaven and, and you're coming alive, right? So that's one type of tongues. Another type of tongues I've, I've been in some gatherings where somebody will stand up and just give a shabba And then somebody else in the room says, this is what the word of the Lord is. In fact, I've, I've been, and it took me a bit to understand this. I've heard somebody give a message in tongues and then somebody interpret their own tongue. Now you're like, oh, well, that's not fair. 
well, it's not fair if you're thinking in, I need proof, right? If you're bringing a scientific mindset to the deal, then it's not fair. Well, I don't know if I can trust that. This isn't about you knowing if you can trust it. It's about God moving and, and God shows them what to say and so they say it. And then a third, we see this at Pentecost. And most people that don't really believe in tongues think this is the only type of tongues there is. And that's what uh, Dupree had and Justin interpreted, that by the Spirit, you're speaking a language that you didn't know, and God makes it happen so that that person can hear, all right? So then the next one is interpretation of tongues, and here's what that is. That's the person that stands up, and the, there's a yabba and then there's the person that stands up and says, this is the word of the Lord, this is what God's saying, or it's the ability like everybody else at Pentecost heard the gospel in their own language, even though Paul didn't even know what he was saying. They thought he was drunk. You with me? So that's a bit about tongues, way confusing, uh, and people don't understand it. There's some really cool studies that you can find on YouTube about, like scientific studies about tongues, and that God's doing something in the brain that isn't about language when you pray in tongues. Um, Really, that stuff's interesting to me. And still another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. So it says that God distributes them to each one as he determines, and yet it also says at the very end of the chapter that you're supposed to go after them. Now let me say this to you. You're going after them, is not about you earning them. It's not a reward, it's a gift. It's you going after God and all that he has for you. And then our response, if we go to Hebrews chapter five, then we get what our response is here. Verse 13, it says, for every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. Here's what that means, pierced by the revelation of righteousness. You don't understand that you are actually one with God. But solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. So to be mature is not about how much you know, it's about the ability to perceive what God's up to. Does that make sense? I think a lot of times we've said, oh, to be spiritually mature, I'm the one that can quote everything in the original language, and I know all of this about all of that, and I can explain to you everything. No, to be spiritually mature is to be able to perceive heavenly matters. And then it says this, and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. What that means is this. You have a responsibility to train your senses to what God's up to. That if you wanna mature in Christ, it's learning what God's up to. Now, a, a, a key to learning what God's up to is learning what he's already done. You can learn his ways in scripture. You, you, you learn the boundaries, the limitations on how he acts and how he moves in scripture. Not that he's limited in our way of limitation, but you'll understand, hey, there's things he's going to do and not going to do, like he's not going to tempt you. And so as we begin to mature, what happens is we begin to live life with the spirit and learn how to do what he's doing. How many of you would say, hey, I just, I'd, I'd like more from God? 
Would you just stand if that's you? If you're like, hey, I want more. And I just wanna pray for you. Worship team, you guys can come back up. In fact, that passage says this. It says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And so why don't you go ahead and just tell God, hey, this is what I'm hungry for. This is what I'm after, Lord. And then trust that you have a good father in heaven who loves to give good gifts to his kids. And Father, I thank you that you're really generous with us. Lord, I thank you that you want to pour out your spirit on us. Lord, I thank you that today you're releasing spiritual gifts, that you're moving on your kids, that you love to give good gifts to your kids. Lord, I thank you that it's your good pleasure to give us your kingdom. So Lord, we just invite your spirit just to begin to move in this room and just to begin to make deposits in us. Lord, we're asking you for an upgrade this morning. Just continue just to press in, and you may just even be in a place where you just need to wait on God, but I feel like he's doing something in the room. Lord, I thank you for releasing the gift of healing. Several of you, I just feel like God's just pouring out the gift of healing. Just pay attention. Oftentimes when he pours out the gift of healing, your hands begin to get hot. And so Lord, we just ask now that you just release that gift of healing. If your hands are getting hot, would you just wave them at me? If there's anybody that you're like, whoa, there we go. Yep, wow. Thank you, Lord. So for those of you that your hands are getting hot, I just activate you in Jesus' name. The the goal is not that you'd have warm hands. And so I just bless you in Jesus' name that you'd begin to lay your hands on the sick and that they would recover. Lord, I thank you that you're opening up eyes to see in the spirit. So Lord, I just pray, Lord, now just for the the ability to see what you're up to, to be able to distinguish spirits and see what's going on. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you'd release the gift of prophecy. Lord, we we need to know what you're saying. depositing gifts with your kids. Ministry team, would you guys come forward?
word for this giving of spiritual gifts is called impartation. And I've seen this so many times. What God does is he'll use somebody else by the laying on of hands to impart a gift from him. It's not about the person that's praying for you. It's about what God's doing just to deposit spiritual gifts. And so this morning, I'd love to invite you just to come forward if you're like, hey, I just, I want more. I think God's already doing it in the room. This isn't like, oh, if you really want it, you gotta come forward. If he's doing it, just receive what he's doing and put it to use. In fact, what Romans 12 says is that, that we use our gift in accordance with our faith. Meaning this, it takes a divine partnership. If you don't have faith for it, then you won't see anything happen. And faith is just trusting God. It's not a trust in your ability, it's a trust in God. Lord, we thank you that you're giving gifts to your kids. There may be somebody here this morning and you just need to trust your life to Jesus. And you say, you know what, I'm all in with Jesus. I wanna give him my life. I trust that he went to the cross for me, that he is inviting me into friendship with him. And I realized, man, I've blown it a bunch of ways and I just wanna trust my life to Jesus. If that's you, I'd love to invite you forward. And then if you just want prayer, maybe you just are saying, man, I just, I'm hungry for, for some spiritual gifts to be released in my life. They'd love to pray for you. And also, uh, if you need healing, whether it's in your body or maybe it's emotional or, or even spiritual, then they would love to pray with you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're at work in this room. We welcome you to do what only you can do. Lord, I thank you that this morning that you're releasing the gift of tongues. There's some here that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been walking with God, and you've never experienced the gift of tongues. And I just feel like God's releasing that this morning. Some would be taught that if you don't have tongues, you don't have the Spirit, that's not what the Bible says. Bible says that the Spirit, when you get the Spirit, you get power. But I believe that the gift of tongues is available. I'm gonna need a few more people on the ministry team. Thank you, Lord, that you're at work.